0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at LuckyMojo.com. I'm your announcer, Reverend James of FultConjure.com in North Carolina, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Man conjureman of Consulting.com in Mission Viejo, California, and special guest co-host, Reverend Art of FultConjure.com in North Carolina. This week, we welcome a special guest. John Saint Germain of JohnSaintGermain.com in Knoxville, Tennessee, bringing us today's topic on midsummer spells. They will take you, they will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career and spiritual protection using traditional African American folk magic practices of hoodoo conjure root work, as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodoos of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Conjure Man and Reverend Art.
0: Conjure Man? Hello, hello. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Reverend James. I hope that you're well. How are things where you're at? We were talking a little bit about the wild weather you all are experiencing. Yeah,
1: um, I think we have some kind of uh, tropical depression coming up from the Gulf. And, you know, it just okay. seems like uh, it started out as a little little bitty storm off by itself. And then all of a sudden, as it started to move east, it just sprouted up all of these little babies. Uh, storms. Uh, it was very interesting to watch on radar and quite startling whenever we had a big clap of thunder out of nowhere. <laughs>
0: I'm telling you we have been I am so tired of these tropical storms, <laughs> tropical depressions, hurricanes, and the East Coast is dealing with them. The West coast just dealt with ours just a couple weeks ago. Uh, I wasn't too bad where I was, but the the rest of the area was sort of flooded, and we had mudslides and now we're hearing about this tropical depression that's hitting the east coast and that's sort of developing mm-hmm. into its own hurricane so solidarity with all of you uh, it has been a, a <laughs> summer of of wild weather, as Reverend James is pointing out, and as we've all experienced. So just a reminder that uh, root work is not divorced from the environment that we live in, the climate that we experience. Uh, It has an impact just materially on things like supplies, whether we can get certain herbs or not, on harvests, uh, and as well as just sort of shipping. So, keep all, keep bear all of that in mind. If you're a community worker, if you're a root worker, it's a time to, to really stand with your community, light some candles, pray for some wisdom in regards to how we deal with our environment, uh, because these are, these are some strange, strange times, you know, once in a lifetime storms and uh, intense fires, so it, it's been it's been a summer certainly to remember. Welcome to all of you, as you can tell by my sultry voice. I am not Miss Cat; she's away this weekend, uh, and we hope that she has lots of fun. And we look forward to her return. And we're very fortunate to have Reverend Art step up and fill her very big shoes. So we're excited to have um, them join us. This is a very fun and exciting. Episode. And I'm very much looking forward to the discussion, which will focus on Midsummer Spells, but also we'll touch a little bit on the Autumn Equinox. But before we bring in our guest, uh, let's talk a little bit with Reverend Art. Welcome. Glad to have you as a guest co-host. What's new in your neck of the woods?
2: Thank you, Conjure Man. Well, you know, like Reverend James says, aside with dealing with the storms, you know, it's actually a lot of fun to be here tonight with everybody, Reverend James and I celebrating our sixth anniversary weekend with everyone oh, congratulations. here.
0: Congratulations.
2: Thank you. Yeah, it's been a fun weekend. Um, we actually, for once, took a step back and we went and enjoyed ourselves just <clears throat> cruising around North Georgia, stopped in a wonderful little hamlet town known as It's Helen, Georgia. It's all done over like a little German Alpine village, had a, had a wonderful time, you know, good oh, food, good scenery. It, you know, so it's just been, you know, kind of floating on the waves of of that uh, throughout the course of the weekend. Other than that, you know, Folk Conjure and Folk Faith Ministries still got, I mean, we have so much stuff coming. It's not even funny. Um, you know, we're actually starting to push things out into retail spaces, and it's been hectic oh, and cool. crazy trying to uh, get, a, get stay ahead of that wave. So, a lot of great stuff, you know. But this has just been a fun weekend, and what better way to ski mojohu to root work our family.
0: Oh, well, we are certainly blessed to have y'all join us. And what an exciting time. So congratulations. A very, very uh, joyous time to be celebrating and happy to be in celebration with you. And you're spending a little bit of your Sunday with us. Uh, We're very lucky in that regard. We are also very fortunate to have a wonderful guest today. Uh, The great John St. Germain, a fan favorite, a regular of the show, I'm the host of the Crystal Silence League. Welcome, uh, John St. Germain. Let's check in. What have you been up to since last we spoke? Anything new in your world?
3: Oh, gosh. Well, where do you begin? Um, First, let me say I'm really delighted and honored to be part of this community. I don't say that often enough, but I really am happy. I think about it, and I think, gosh, this is really great. It's a great honor to be part of the community mm. that has all you wonderful people in it. And I've, I've been really blessed. And you know, I just want to thank all of you. I want to thank all We're of you.
0: We're blessed to be in community with you.
3: Is, aren't, we, aren't we lucky? Isn't this just a great thing we are. to have a community like this? When you think about the whole world and the uh, um, the strife in the world and that we have this supportive community and how we can reach out, to people uh, who are troubled and share what we have with the world we we mm. just are so lucky to have this that we can do uh, and share with people and when things get to us with the kind of work we do, we have each other and this is just a great mm. thing that we have. I was thinking about this the other day, and uh, uh, thinking just how wonderful this is what a what a great thing we have. Uh, with what we do and uh, what we have and how we can share this and uh, how happy that makes me. And I hope it makes you happy too. Uh, you know, the people couldn't who know agree. us, I hope that makes us happy. Yeah.
0: Couldn't what agree a wonderful more. Thing. Beautifully, beautiful, beautiful, beautifully said. I couldn't agree more. Uh, it's been a few right. months since we, we chatted, I think, uh, almost a, yeah, a couple of months since we've last chatted.
3: So what have you been up to? Oh, well, gosh, you know, we, <laughs> hiding hiding from tornadoes, mainly we've never had tornadoes here really and uh we've had funnel clouds, um uh, big black thunderheads come in and we just go, Oh my gosh, I mean people's roofs have been lifted up and uh we've had, you know, by the grace of God, um uh, uh very few fatalities uh, uh considering we're not really prepared for this kind of weather. And uh, people communities banded together to help each other uh, during this uh, weather times and oh my gosh, we have seen this coming, and we've no one to blame but ourselves. you know we knew back in the seventies if we didn't stop uh, depending on fossil fuel that we were going this was going to happen and uh, um, we're concerned about the uh, polar cap melting and the glaciers melting apparently mm-hmm. is causing the jet stream to slow down and maybe stop. And, uh, that I won't even go into that. If uh, I can look at it mm-hmm. for themselves about what that will do. Um, mm-hmm. um so, um, we, we do have to wake up and, uh, mm-hmm. do something about that. Uh, you know, those of us in the spiritual community, um, so it's uh, behoven to us to do something about that and uh, do what we can with that with that message. I know we're trying to do mm-hmm. things here locally. Um, Tennessee is basically a liberal state that's been gerrymandered into red condition. And, oh
4: yeah,
3: yeah. And uh, uh, if you can ask Papa G about Nashville. Nashville is a liberal. Town that's been gerrymandered into being red, and uh, uh, is right. pretty much the same. And we, We're really working with local politicians to turn that around. So this is just something that people should know um, where they live, you know, to look at their at the, at the zeitgeist and see if there are ways to get grassroots activity to help turn this around. Because you know, we are the earth, and if we don't take care of the earth, we're, we're gonna be in trouble. I mean, we are in trouble. We're having, we're having weather patterns that are completely anomalous. and uh, um, You just can't say, well, you know, it will take care of itself because it won't. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't mean to go into that pattern, but uh, there it is. But What I've been doing recently is um, um, uh, my wife and I have been uh, – my wife retired, and she's been uh, – uh, organizing my business, and uh, she tells people that she works for me, but the question is, who's working for who? <laughs> 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 because she gives me a task list every morning and makes sure that I complete it. So uh, <laughs> my business is actually no longer a uh, uh, chaotic whirlwind of uh, um uh you know kind of like a five-year-old's room it's now completely <laughs> organized and i just don't even know how to handle that uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, <laughs> so we're She's getting a lot more done
0: <laughs>
3: yeah it's like oh here's the list of things to do oh <laughs> i don't have a pile to dig out from under oh so it's working pretty well for us that's pretty good it's kind of cool but it's like who works for who <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's really kind of cool it's kind of cool But anyway that's that's all that's new with me we're uh, well, we're doing very well that's a,
0: that is absolutely fantastic to hear and uh, we all need someone to bring a little order into our lives <laughs> oh you <laughs> need a manager yeah if you're if you're if you're, if yeah, you're you
3: a creative you know if you're creative you know if you're rock right brain if you're creative you need somebody you need to manage you need a wrangler you know what Deacon Miller you calls do. him a wrangler you need a yeah, wrangler that's
0: right. A wrangler to wrangle you in. I do love that. That's that's absolutely fantastic. Well, let's go to our, our, our topic today because we have such a fascinating discussion. Jonathan Germain has presented us with this idea of Midsummer Rite. Now, so Midsummer has actually passed a little bit, and we're right in that middle period between the Midsummer Festival and the Autumn Equinox Festival. And so what we're going to do is talk a little bit about the difference between these uh practices, some midsummer rituals and practices that people can do. We're still in August, so you can definitely do it. But also how to prepare for that autumn equinox, which is looking us in the face just about a month or so away, a little less than a month or so away, the autumn equinox, which is generally uh, identified astrologically with the sun's ingress into Libra. So very uh, Mm -hmm. interesting transitional period that we're in. I'm going to give us just a brief description, and then we're going to turn this over to John St. Germain. So historically speaking, across the globe, we've seen... That uh, across the globe, across different cultures, across different regions, people celebrated the different moments of the season. They celebrated the uh, vernal equinox, they celebrated the summer solstice, they celebrated the autumnal equinox, they celebrated the winter solstice. And each one of these season had a different connotation, a different meaning, a different experience to it, and then included different rites, ritual rites, magical practices, folkloric practices that were associated with each. Generally, the summer solstice has been associated with some type of celebration of the middle of summer, of the heat, of the increasing of the light of the sun. Um, and in particular, you uh, particularly in northern European countries, they would build large bonfires that would celebrate the sort of summer experience. There was a lot of drinking and partying and celebration associated with that summer solstice uh, and with various midsummer rites. In Latin American countries, we often find it connected with St. John. Uh, And so uh, this is Mm -hmm. is Mm quite fitting. We're talking to Reverend John today, but uh, St. John here uh, is is, uh, a very famous John the Baptizer or John the Baptist, as he's often called in Latin translation, uh, is celebrated during the summer festival. And so there is a variety of different rites. In the Middle East, there is sort of a a separate connection with St. George, which is sometimes found in the summer months and also is found at different points throughout the year. But in other words, there is a sort of religious, magical, spiritual component to both the summer solstice and then that transition to eventually the autumnal equinox, which is a different celebration. That arises. And so we're in that middle transition period, and there's a variety of things that we can do as root doctors, as conjurers, to celebrate honor and to tap into that natural timing, which is something on the show quite frequently, how divorced our hoodoo has become from the natural world and how to reconnect to that natural world through timing, whether it's astrological timing, seasonal timing, harvest timing, et cetera. So with that brief introduction, let's turn this over to John St. Germain. When you talk about uh, the summer solstice and midsummer festivals, what do you, what comes to mind and what are some things that
3: you do in your practice? Well, what I always think of, Padgerman, uh, is when we look at worldwide uh, – Uh, Summer, of course, is uh, when Mm -hmm. everything grows, you know, the trees sprout Mm -hmm. and everything, and people planted their harvest, and it's growing, and everybody's getting ready for the harvest, right? Um, And uh, Mm -hmm. I know right now everybody I know that's growing stuff, they're giving me tomatoes and giving me corn, and uh, everybody's feasting. Um, Everybody's Mm -hmm. eating well, but they know that soon um, you have to stock things away. You have to store things away because around the corner – fall um, is coming, and the leaves are going to fall off the trees, and uh, nature is preparing to slumber. So there's always something in us instinctively that responds to that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know for me, um, I begin taking my inventory, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think many of us do that. We start taking mm-hmm. stock of ourselves. Uh, what have we yeah. what have we accomplished? How have we moved forward? What have we accumulated? And uh, I do this every year. Uh, do, you, do you guys do that? Do you say, well, what have I stored yeah. up this year? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. How have I progressed with my life? How have I matured? How have I grown? And I always mm-hmm. make a list of this. Um, not only of myself, but society, the world. How's, how has the world changed? And uh, um, a lot of people find sadness with this. Um, there's a tendency for a lot of people to say, oh, the good old days, the good old days. And many people have a yearning for uh, the good old days that never were really, you know, they remember the good parts and not the bad parts. And I'll tell you that the uh, uh, the benefits of having a long life, as I have, is you realize that Mm-hmm. everything changes right everything changes everything passes away and a lot of the things that people are really mad about and concerned about now um uh, going to go away i remember mm-hmm. being a little kid everybody thought the world was ending it was going to end i remember uh when um uh, Being in school doing duck and cover because there was going to be imminent nuclear annihilation. We knew, we knew Mm -hmm. it. We knew in high school that none of us would live long enough to really worry about having a lifelong career. So we lived for today. We Mm -hmm. were in the early to mid '70s, a very party-oriented generation. It was like, why bother? We're all going to get blown up. They told us we were. You know, duck and cover. Get Mm -hmm. under the desk. Here are the bomb shelters. So, but it never happened. So, the uh, the angst and panic that I see happening now, I have a ingrained sense that it's gonna it's gonna pass. So every year uh, I take my inventory and I'm ready to take my harvest. So as autumn comes, uh, I tend to think it's time. Not advice to anybody is. Don't worry about Mm -hmm. all the stuff you're hearing that's wrong. That's not the harvest you want to have. Take your inventory and say, what are the good things that I've accumulated this year? And if I haven't Mm -hmm. accumulated a lot of really good things, uh, it's time to do it. And I don't even mean material things. I mean, what have you chosen for your uh, internal state? Um, What have you picked up? How have you... Uh, uh, what have you put in your internal I don't want to say programming But your internal states Because the law is Interstates manifest externally That's the law mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you think about yourself last year And say well what kind of mess was, was I last year And how have I improved that mess Have I added to that mess Am I sadder, more anxious uh, uh, Less uh Whatever you want to be in life—prosperous, or uh, happier, or am I more—and mm-hmm. add add to that that harvest. The leaves are falling off the trees because they're ready to rest for the winter, and uh, the trees are not dead; they're just resting. So
0: mm-hmm.
3: you um, you realize everything passes. Anything that's in your life right now that's making you unhappy—it's um,
2: mm-hmm.
3: going to pass. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's necessary to let go of things. That's a very necessary Mm -hmm. thing, like the leaves fall off the tree. You let go of the things that may be in your life right now that are bothering you. Uh, uh, You let them go, just like the leaves fall off the tree. And Mm -hmm. the things that are really good in your life, you store them. And during the winter, you take Mm them out and... Let them mm-hmm. nourish you this is this is the way of nature, and mm-hmm. um I believe that what many people do, and we see this in our practice is they're doing just the opposite. they're not um harvesting the good things in their life, they're harvesting the rotten fruit, oh
0: wow, and
3: yeah, yeah. and uh that's that's what they're trying to nourish themselves on, and if this is the case, then um they're doing it backward and mm-hmm. this is what we have to be very careful not to do especially in a world where the media seems to be obsessed about bad news
2: mm-hmm.
3: we, we we have to overlook that you know don't doom scroll in other words and and find <laughs> the things in our life and i don't care why what your situation good. is <laughs> yeah yeah i don't care what your situation is there there are good things in it if you look right mm-hmm. so well you can find yeah, something. so anyway that yeah, so I'm, I'll give you right. guys a chance I, to talk now.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was a really, really important what
3: you just said here,
0: and and I mm-hmm. want to highlight that because what you're talking about here is how to internalize the natural cycle that humans have experienced yes. for thousands of years. As you, yeah. don't, you think, out, don't you think don't you think that's, that's what the
3: festivals were about to highlight this? That's what right. the festivals were about exactly. Yeah. exactly.
0: You're, you're rightly pointing out that where traditionally we were talking about planting, harvesting, pruning, mm-hmm. uh, setting the good aside, taking stock of the harvest, setting it aside, and then taking it out for winter. That experience was the reality for much of world history, for literal millennia. But nowadays, we're so disconnected from the natural world that we don't even think about the internal aspect of those. That right. It's not just about the fruit, but the spiritual fruit, whether you're harvesting the good fruit or the bad fruit. It was such a powerful thing that you said there. And so the idea of taking stock is so crucial. I know that in my practice, this is something that I try to do with the astrological seasons. So with the vernal equinox for me, it's about drawing in what, because that's the astrological new year for me. And so, and also in the Persian new year of Nauru. So what do we do? We cultivate the good. We bring in the good. We start to draw in the good. This year is going to be like this for us. It's about manifesting. It's about i Our intentions. Then, by the midsummer, we celebrate grows intentions. What we have accomplished as midsummer, as the Mm -hmm. summer solstice passed, which is where we're at. We do exactly what you say. Now we start to take stock because once we come to that autumnal equinox, that's the reflection moment. That's when we finally go. Okay, here is what the year has looked for us. Here is what we have harvested. Here is what we have gathered, and then we prepare for winter. And that's a really beautiful way of. Yeah, if you're living in the city and maybe you're not in nature anymore. Maybe you're not planting seeds, but there's still a way in which you can spiritually tap in to that rhythm. And I love that you've highlighted that. Reverend Art, I want to bring you into this conversation. For you, I mean, we're talking about reflecting, we're talking about introspection, we're talking about taking stock, but how does this manifest for you? Is this something that you do in your practice, or do you have a different approach to how the natural rhythm of summer and its transition to autumn uh, is is recognized in what you do and in your practice? You
2: know, I'll touch base on that in a moment. I, I wanted to kind of continue a little bit of a thought that that where you had made the comment that, you know, we're getting so disconnected from nature. You know, it's not just nature where that disconnect is starting to happen. and That's causing a lot of this like chaos that's going on around us as well. And we're getting disconnected from each other. Thank you. And kind of tying back to what Reverend John mm. was saying in the beginning, we in the spiritual community are very much in a position, you know, to to be rebuilding those connections. You You talk about oh, it's the age of social media, everybody's so connected, blah, 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 blah.
0: <laughs> Guess what?
2: We are less connected because you are no longer connecting with the person sitting across from you in the room.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: You know, every- yeah, yes. the faces buried in the devices, and it's very easy for all the conspiracy theories and all of this other kind of, well, bullshit, that
3: mm-hmm. really
2: to really yes, thank stoke you. those fears and keep that running, and I just yeah. I wanted to throw that out there. But as as far as the the seasonality goes, one thing that like Reverend James and I both have been <laughs> thank you uh, um, re- have started as a practice kind of regularly is you know we do our big and we we I've talked about it on this show with with Miss Cat and you too conjurman. Previously, we do our big New Year's Eve uh, Mm -hmm. dinner thing out of the Hoodoo Food Cookbook. um, You know, we actually, as the seasons progress throughout the year, that's actually something that we've, where we've really kind of continued that process along throughout the year. You know, giving thanks, giving the, and creating community, bringing people together, having these these large get together sort of meals, and and really. Uh, trying to work to build that prosperity, build the abundance, build mm-hmm. the, the connections and, and focus that throughout the course of the year and, and not make it just a, you know, at the time when everybody's feeling celebratory, you know, at their mm-hmm. during the, the holidays is really kind of continuing that along. And I've noticed, you know, we, it, it's really kind of grown as as a practice mm-hmm. for us. It's very, very endemic to us at this point.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's I, I love that, and I really like that. What both of you are highlighting is the idea that there is not just a disconnect. I mean, John St. Germain, you talked about doom scrolling, and Reverend Art, you're talking about the sort of conspiracy theory thinking, the fear thinking that that is emerged. That in both of those, what we're seeing is this is this orientation that that uh, highlights or that drives us towards disconnect, drives us towards fear, drives us towards ignorance, and that separates us from one another, whether it separates from the community or separates us from nature. There's, it's a real experience. But the Midsummer Festival specifically is a celebration. It's meant to reflect on the good, that no matter how difficult You could have had, you you planted your seeds and some of those just didn't grow. You planted your seeds and you just had those summer rains that destroyed portions of your crop. You had all these experiences that were out of your control, but you took a moment to say, you know what? I am grateful for what we have. We're going to build a big-ass fire. We're going to drink, we're going to eat, and we're going to be in community with each other. This was what this the, the, what people were saying in these summer solstices, right? They were saying that no matter how difficult things got and how difficult things will get, no matter what experiences we're going to have, we're going to take this moment and stand together. We're going to stand together and celebrate the good in our lives. We're going to stop doom scrolling, as John St. Germain says. We're going to stop thinking in terms of fear and conspiracy. Recognize the bad that are there. I mean, cousin. Joshua, I love this, this really, uh, he he said something really fantastic. In some ways, I think we are and always have been living in the, quote, end times, in the sense that the world is always ending and becoming new. I think there are real, real challenges that we have not faced before, but I also think it's healthy to acknowledge that the earth will remain. And I love that frame. We can recognize the challenges, we can be realistic in our approach. We can acknowledge that things may not be perfect, but we take this moment to cultivate the good, to celebrate our community, to celebrate with each other, and to find ways of reconnecting. So let's talk a little bit about, I'm going to turn this over to John St. Germain, are, in addition to just reflection and introspection, how are ways that you can reconnect to community, how are ways that you can celebrate this Midsummer Solstice, how are ways that you can celebrate and cultivate the good fruit that you were talking about?
3: Oh, my goodness. Well, if you think about these festivals and mm-hmm. even the shared disasters, they were shared experiences, right? And uh, so... Right. You, right. They were shared experiences. And even, you know, you said, oh, you know that those uh, Smiths, those Jones across the street, they're ornery sons of bitches. Mm-hmm. Still, if their house burned down, you went over and helped them build it back because they were neighbors they were community. And how many people now even know their neighbors, you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. and I'll tell That's you that up, uh,
2: I think about that all the time,
3: all the time. Right. How many people even know their neighbors and stuff growing up? Of course, we all did. Um, we knew, we knew everybody, everybody within block. five, five or six mm-hmm. a mile. We knew people within a mile of each other. And, yeah. um, um, I have, um, made an effort, my wife and I, to know everyone in our neighborhood and do things for them. And, um, the neighbors respond. Um, we, um, you know, respond. We, uh, trade stuff. We grow in the garden and we look out for each other. And we, we say, you know, um, uh, we saw somebody, uh, looking around your backyard. So we, we have created in at least in our small neighborhood, um, um, Uh, somewhat of the old style community. We've made an effort to do that in in my neighborhood. And uh, you see how um, segregated and segregated neighborhoods has become when at my wife's job, there was a wedding in North Knoxville in a venue. And one of her coworkers said, oh, that's a bad part of town. Do I need to bring my gun? And my wife said, don't be talking about my mm-hmm. hood. That's where I live. He goes, Oh, you live in North. Mm-hmm. Southern, a bad part of town. And, and, and I said, did you tell him that <laughs> that uh, has a reputation for being a bad part of town, but it's one of the safest places to live because all right. we're all, we all know each other. And even the homeless right. people that live there, we take care of them. <laughs> you know, we look at, we right. give them food. We take care of them. We, in the winter, we give them backpacks with a, uh, uh, survival stuff, toiletries, and so we give them money during the winter. We feed them and stuff. We take care of the homeless mm. people there because we're all community. Did you tell them that instead of these people who profess to be Christians and that want to shoot them? Mm. I mean, can you imagine? Mm. Well, you've come to this in a nation oh, of such yeah. abundance. Nobody should be homeless and hungry. Right. Well, said. that's what has happened to us. Yeah. So yes, yeah. that's that's the harvest. The harvest. Yeah. It should be right. community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, how yeah, did river we get Ar- from How did we get in 200 years? Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Right. To this? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I mean we are We're well, a very but, neighborhood, though. Know, yeah. yeah. This this break Ar- well, well, here because is very not. much
3: but, there are other neighborhoods like this, you know, um, I mean, you can go through the south and find neighborhoods like this. I don't know about the rest of the country, but maybe, maybe a place where Quakers are, do you think, um, mm-hmm. in right. other places. But um, places that reach out, and, you know, you, you read about it. You read about well, how, you, you know, uh, there are areas where look people at, have reached the out. Amish and I think this is coming back. This type of thinking yeah. is coming back, right, don't yeah. you think? You know, look
2: look at the Amish communities, you know, when, when something yeah good happens, the entire community comes together to celebrate. When one family is in need, the entire community comes together to help, whether it's, Mm -hmm. you know, building a house, you know, you talk about barn raising and things like that. You know, I grew up in Pennsylvania, and Mm -hmm. I've seen these things come together and, you know, just hundreds of people together to help one family. And we just don't see that. In this day yeah. and age, and the we're breakdown in the to, neighborhood has been really kind of like it, – it's it's broke the foundation. Oh yeah. uh, my gosh, I so, mean, the, uh,
3: Reverend Art, I think the, we're starting to. I think people are having a, uh, uh, a rebound effect from the sheer greed and avarice of uh, the ethic. People are disgusted with it. And discuss one can with... one
0: can one can only hope that that there's a rebound there. I do want to point out <laughs> here, um, because mm-hmm. both of you are hitting on something very very crucial. Uh, so I'm a little bit younger than than both of you. Uh, so I, like people who follow the radio should know I'm a millennial. I'm very very early 30s. Uh, and so mm-hmm. uh, this is, and we can to point out that this is we're not talking about something that's like oh a generational thing. Oh back in the day we. Mm-hmm. This happened very rapidly and within a short period of time because I can recall mm-hmm. because I grew up in Virginia. I can recall the exact neighborhood you're talking about, the way in which so we didn't have babysitters growing up. When you came home from school, nope. the neighbors watched you. You just that's all the Yeah, it was yeah, it was just the collective responsibility of whichever neighbors yeah. were home to keep an eye out on the kids, so the kids would all be out playing. And that's not this is an ancient history. We're talking about the. Thousands or where I when I grew up, so it's like there there's something very significant um, in the how rapid this decline happened, how rapid the degradation of our neighborhood happened. We're not romanticizing some ancient past. We're not romanticizing, you know, the far distant past. We're saying this happened. This happened within a matter of two decades we've seen this rapid decline because i can distinctly remember this communal community experience where you fed each other you kept <laughs> tabs on each other you kept each other safe and mm-hmm. it's now now we are as you rightly pointed out uh reverend james seeing a rebound there's a uh gate has given a really interesting he says there they or they have said uh, they have started community gardens in Oakland, and this is a really good idea because I want to get to the, I wanna get to the practical. We've given some really good analysis, but I do want to talk about the practical here. I love the idea of community gardens. Wherever you are, you don't have to be out in the rural area. You can be in an apartment complex, and if you build a community garden like Ty Gabe is mentioning here, the idea of community gardens where you work as a community, as a complex, as an apartment, whatever it is, You build a garden that has some things in it. It's got some tomatoes. It's got peppers, carrots. It's got these things, and you all work at it. Everyone takes a little bit. Everyone shares in the abundance of it, and everyone works on it. It's a really fantastic way of building community, and it is an amazing, amazing approach for yes, building yes, the yes, type yes. of community that John and Revan are, are mentioning. So community gardens is one suggestion. The other suggestion that I do, and this is something that I do in my practice, is I have a summer feast And this reflects what they used to do in in pre-modern and medieval times. I actually have a summer feast where I host a small little banquet with friends and family, and I make various foods. And these foods are often inspired by hoodoo traditions, and they're inspired by various – so I create, for example, uh, blessed waters. And these are waters that I will sprinkle around the house so that everyone who comes to my home will be blessed and partake in it. I create – this special Middle Eastern drink that's made out of basil and basil is a blessed plant so that I grow the basil in my house, I pray over it, I recite psalms over it and then I make this drink and we all drink and are refreshed from it. Uh, we do the same thing with, with mints and lemons to sort of cleanse the palate. We also create a uh, sort of homemade sorbets and that's stuff that I use from my sugar jars. So I have sugar jars in the house that I've prayed over the entire year and then I use the sugar from those sugar jars to create these sorbets and then we partake in it. So you can do these magical practices. They don't have to be the same foods that I'm mentioning here. They can be whatever your cultural traditions are. But having a summer feast where you invite your friends and family over to partake in the blessing of sharing food, of sharing bread, and of course of sharing prayer together is one way that you can build the very community that Reverend Art and John St. Germain are talking about. What are some other practical strategies, John St. Germain, that you you do in order to build that community. These can be magical acts,
3: etc. Well, I believe what you're talking about, uh, Ali, the idea of sharing food. Um, mm. Sharing food when we, well, let's talk about one example, Thanksgiving, the fall mm-hmm, tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, a good example of ritual, when large families get together, isn't mm-hmm. isn't this a ritual? The every family has a ritual that follows. Very interesting tradition. The, the Norman Rockwell, the famous Norman Rockwell um, painting of the family around the table with the mother serving the turkey, the uh, dishes on the table. There's such a tradition to this, such a ritual. The the women prepare every in, in mm-hmm. most American families, each woman traditionally would have. A recipe, right? Recipes passed down from generations. There's the potatoes, the preparation of the potatoes. Maybe the kids peeled them. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone always oversaw the peeling of the potatoes. They had to be cooked a certain amount of time, certain ingredients, uh, magical spices added to them. And a lot of these spices were um, uh, hoodoo, right? You know, you had, you had basil, you had thyme, you had rosemary, right? Uh, blessing of the uh, potatoes. The the shucking of the corn was done, and as this was done, stories would be told. Men would sit in the living room um, swapping generational stories. Uh, Then anticipation was built up for this feast, and you may not like each other in a family, but you came together Mm -hmm. as a family, and uh, Mm -hmm. you... Told stories of bygone generations, people who had passed. You shared memories of people who passed in the family. You shared uh, stories, maybe people who had come from overseas to this country looking for a better life, and did they get it? Maybe they did. You told stories of triumphs and failures. Um, then that there would be sacred vessels passed down. This was this was great grandma's frying pan. This was uh, Aunt uh, <laughs> Matilda's. Uh, a boiling pot that we always cook the potatoes in. Don't kids don't mess with that. That pot is 200 years old. And, you know, I still have a lot of my grandmother's uh, cast iron, mm-hmm. you know, uh, each meal sanctified it. There were rituals, sanctification rituals for these things. Right. But it brought the family together. And then the prayer, you know, the prayer over the food, the sanctification of the food, mm-hmm. and then the joyous act of eating, Right? Communion. Mm-hmm. So, but, but do people do this now? You know? Right. Is a really and good then, point. And then, then you have it all day long. Now, you know, we have it all day long and we invite our friends and family and neighbors and everybody, come on by and join us. You know, join us mm-hmm. and share our food, break bread with us. And it's so mm-hmm. important to us that people do that with us. And, uh, and of course, when they come in, you know, we, uh, we hold their hands. We, uh, you know, I, I do the forehead touch, right? You know what say? Mm-hmm. It, it's so good, and I let them know we love them. You know, so good you came to us. You know, we're so grateful you came here. We just want you to know how blessed we are to have your friendship. How grateful we are to have your friendship, because you never know it could be the last time you see them. So, and then mm. you you share um, the bounty of your heart, of your love, and you know they're going to go out uh, carrying a piece of that. Uh, emotion with them and maybe pass it on to someone else. Mm-hmm. So to me, this is a a, a sanctified thing, not just sit, you know come in and sit down, hey, let's sit down and eat something. But mm-hmm. the preparation of the food itself is a sacred ritual. Yes. 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 With yes. sacred vessels, with tradition, and the, the souls of those who have passed. Um, mm-hmm. um, uh, so These you know, these are things that there's a reason. These come on, and there are, there's a lot of cynicism about oh, it's maudlin. You know, it's commercial. It's uh, uh, it's got all this uh, historical baggage. That's not the point.
4: Right. Think of it right. what
3: you will. Make your own traditions. You know.
4: Right.
0: Um, right. Uh, River, you know, make your King, own traditions. King. Put your own magic yeah. in it. Yeah, Reverend James here says snapping and pulling strings off string beans. Yes, that's the preparation that we're talking about. John, John Saint Germain is talking about Reverend yes. R. What about you? What are some some practical things you do that so like this can be rituals, it can be acts that you do to build community, to uh, reflect the summer solstice, to reflect the autumnal equinox, to to build these sort of to cultivate this experience that John Saint Germain is talking about.
2: You know, excuse me, for, my, for myself, a lot of my focus is on building the community, um, you know, building that camaraderie, that support network, and and really kind of bringing back that mm-hmm. the heart of what being a spiritual individual is. And that, that really kind of, I'm just going to say it, has seemingly been lost in the realm of organized religion mm-hmm. you know a lot of that's been you know it <laughs> you, you talk about the you know the the, the sunday christians <laughs> and the rest of the week they're just, just a mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know throughout the throughout the summer months you know when i mean everybody's busy but you know i, I really Do try to participate in and create events that bring people together. Um, Mm -hmm. It was, I mean, in no small part, it was one of the reasons why I also started the Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places radio show. Yeah, you know, is is to continue building. thank you, thank you. Um, You know, it's it's building that community here in western north carolina um uh, you know reverend james and i we participate in some regular community building throughout the summer uh mm-hmm. partners in help out with um in murphy north carolina town that's a little bit west of us here you know we've actually started to build that community and so we're seeing these meetings start to grow and everybody comes together and they share knowledge and they share food and you know it's it's a great time for everybody, and every you know we're starting to see that it's really starting to grow and starting to build and starting to take hold and
4: mm-hmm.
2: the, those changes are mm-hmm. they have that that ripple effect you know the butterfly effect that that you you talk about in, in when it comes to things like this um you know it, a lot of it is Creating the opportunity for people to come together, mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. lost that social aspect due to social media and so many other um, disconnecting factors that we've already discussed mm-hmm. but that's that's where our main focus and in my main focus is, is is really in in creating those opportunities for people to experience community to experience getting together with like minded individuals the energy that is mm-hmm. built from from these moments is immeasurable you know it's it's not just you know, a bunch of people coming together. You have a hot dog or whatever, and shake hands, and you go off on your way. People <laughs> are changed. People mm-hmm. grow. There's growth. There's expansion. There's new ideas. Uh, the it, it's just such a uni- a, a universally impactful mm-hmm. moment, and that's yeah. that's really yeah. something that that. Mm-hmm more of us in in our communities if if you're not seeing these opportunities be presented create them it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. if the first time you have a meeting you could cook a buffet for 40 people and have three show up
3: do not be discouraged
2: yeah we have a lot of crap that we have to we have to get past we have you know people have to Mm -hmm. to really you know Almost be reintroduced, like John said, mm-hmm. to to the community,
3: yeah, and to, to mm-hmm. human contact. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right,
2: right. I mean, COVID didn't help that at all. I mean, no, of course not. just put that out there. That that really yeah. screwed the pooch on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But you know, we we need to get back into that, and that's. I,
4: yeah, I'd, I'd,
2: yeah, I'd say a large part of, of our ministry is right. creating these opportunities for people to come together. And like I said, you know, if you is... cook for 40, you get three. Guess what? Three people are about to eat really good for several days.
4: <laughs>
0: that's, that's great great that's great advice there uh I, we do have 10 minutes here and i want to spend those last 10 minutes actually focusing on spells like actual spells mm. you can do so we've we've mentioned some things gardens feasts etc but i want to talk actual spells this is after all <laughs> uh, a youtube sure. radio show so i do want to talk about spells different, because John St. Germain is going to come back at the end of the radio show, after our caller, and give us a free spell. So we're not talking the free spell yet. We're just going to talk a couple ideas we're going to toss out. I'm going to throw out one. If you're just starting to do this type of work, and you don't really have a community, and that's entirely normal, it's okay. We're This is an experience, this disconnect is very real, and sometimes you just don't have a community around you. It's hard to find it because a lot of the times it's digital or it's not even there. Uh, And if you're trying to start out, the best thing you can do is start out spiritually. So what I recommend is ancestral work. Ancestral work, particularly around the summer period, around the uh, autumnal period, is fantastic. Both of those are peak moments around ancestor work, there's a reason why we have All Hollow Eve and the idea of the veil. But the same thing is found around uh, the summer months as well. So this this transitional period is a really good time to start out with ancestor work. Create an altar for your ancestors, light a white candle, leave water out, pray in whichever tradition you're most comfortable with, leave out other tokens from your culture and your experience that will venerate and connect you with your ancestors. What this does is it first creates a spiritual community. And as those ancestors come into your life, you can then ask them, Bring to me others who will be my neighbors and my ancestors, because ancestors aren't always just the people who are related to by blood. They're also the people who have an impact on our lives that it may not be through blood. It could be someone that we you know that lived in our area, that is a spirit of the land or a spirit of the house. So there's a variety of different spirits, local spirits that are associated with this work. They will be drawn to you, cultivate them, give them food, give them offerings. Maybe the first banquet or feast that you make isn't uh, uh, one that you make for the living. It's for the dead. You leave out food for them. But as you cultivate them, ask them to bring community into your life. Ask them to draw in people into your life so that you can build a community. This is a really, really fantastic approach. It helps to magically start to draw in the community that you're looking for. It reflects the power of that summer moment, the power of transition, and of course, that autumnal peak moment, which is ideal for ancestral work. So this is a good time to start at. Create that table, create that altar, create that space, and cultivate those spirits in your life. And in turn, ask that those spirits bring with them community, to bring with them People And you'll find gradually your neighbor will start talking to you. You'll make a friend at work, and you'll start to build little by little
3: the network
0: and restore that natural rhythm in your life. John, what are some practical spells you would recommend?
3: Again, this is not the free spell,
0: so just some things off the top of your head, and then we'll go to Reverend Art.
3: Well, as I was talking about uh, opening up space, getting rid of stuff, I have this uh, spell I've recommended for a lot of people. Just bury the past, basically to get things behind you letting go of things and uh, I've called it bury the past and the idea is that you you make a covenant with yourself and if there's somebody else uh, you can do it with them but you write down all the things you want to just bury and get rid of and you're going to make a funeral for it so you dig a hole in the ground and uh, so uh, like some examples uh, you may put herbs in it uh, for root work Mm -hmm. that would represent what you're getting rid of like a I found uh, like black cohosh is good if you have, if your past has troublesome people or habits you want to get rid of. Um, you can use rue and lemongrass and burdock um, just to generally wipe away, clean away conditions. Uh, Pennyroyal is good for marital or family relationship troubles. You know, if you're having trouble with uh, your spouse or people in the family and you uh, wrap this in the paper, but you, you have to sign it. It's a covenant. It's like I hereby promise, uh, or I hereby swear to bury this and never speak of it again, and you sign it, and if it's between you and another person, you both sign it. And uh, you mm-hmm. know the kind of issue I mean, like if there's uh, infidelity or something, you
2: mm-hmm. you
3: forget, you forgive and forgive this, and uh, never speak of it again, and you bury it in the ground. It's a it's buried, and then you burn a white candle, stick a white candle, in it and burn it, and just let it burn out. You never speak of it again, and this is an excellent thing for just letting go, putting stuff behind you. It's a ceremony, to bury something, give it to the earth, just as you would. Mm-hmm. A, a loved one or something. And this is something, this is if you're holding on to something and you just can't let it go. Mm-hmm. You're, you're burying it. You know, it's dead and gone. And uh, I found this is very useful for letting go of those things that you just can't let go of. And uh, I've used That's... this for my clients for 20 years. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, many, many, Not I can't say 100%, but many people say, oh gosh, it was like a burden. Was, uh, I, I set down a burden, give it to the earth plant it,
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh, bury it. Um, and uh, you can do this for people, situations, bad habits, whatever you want to put in the earth. Once it's in the earth, it's gone. You now have a uh, clear and level space to bring in something good.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I call it bury That's the fantastic. past. That is a great, great working up.
3: Well, thank you. Thank you. It's very effective. I, I created it for myself to get rid of a. a It was after a divorce, and I just couldn't let it go. I could not open it up to a new relationship, so I said, "I got to, I got to just, you know, this is got to be dead and buried." And I said, "Oh yeah," (laughs) so, you know, that's what I did. I said, "I said, I said, I said, I I I hereby swear to let you go, and, uh, you know, you know, be happy, be 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 fruitful, have a great life. But you know, as far as I'm concerned, you're dead. You know, you're dead to me, and I buried her. And all of a sudden, I swear to God, it was just like a light, just a light." Opened up to me, and I just felt happy, and I said, "Give me about three or four months, and I'll be ready to start all over." And, uh, and you know, I was just like, "Oh, thank you, Spirit, thank you for showing me that." But I, you know, just one things, you know, you just can't let go of, bury right. it, mm-hmm. give it to the, the earth. earth, let the mm-hmm. earth have it. The earth is a lot bigger than we are. That is beautiful.
0: I love that. I love that particular working, Reverend. Are uh, is there some type of working or spell that you can recommend here? You know,
2: it actually kind of goes along with that, the concept of, of building community and such that is so paramount for, for Reverend James and myself is, you know, we regularly offer community candles, you know, whether that's like mm. a crown of success or a, a road, you know, opener sort of a candle where, you know, just to start building the community and bringing people together and getting and, and having them participate in something where, you know, regularly we've offered a candle to be lit and folks can send in their name and, and be a part of this candle service, you know, it's something free of charge. Everybody needs a little bit of help in Mm -hmm. some way, shape or form. You know, we rotate through for for different conditions and really open it up to discussion as well to, Mm -hmm. to really, um, Kind of bring that home for everyone that's, mm-hmm. that's just something small i know we're kind of running close on time so uh something something that we do to not only you know bring that that the community together but also to
0: to help from a mm-hmm. magical standpoint know, yeah, community candles are, are fantastic uh and it speaks to the sort of ministry that that you all do as well Uh, people talk about, for example, candle ministries and lighting candles for clients, but they often forget that the candle services that we are talking about are actually communal practices. They come out of the spiritualist church. They come out of the southern church. Often, if you walked Mm -hmm. into a church, you would find a sort of candle shop that was connected to it where you could not only buy your candle, but that would then light the candle for you. And it was generally the deacon of the church. It wasn't like a separate thing. The deacon themselves were like, all right, you're going to need a... Blockbuster for that, and they're going to light that candle and pray over it and keep it going for you. So what we're talking about is actually a spiritual uh, service that was directed towards community work itself. This is not just a, a hang your shingle up and make and, and sell services. There's a communal component to it, so I do really love what you mentioned here. We had some really great suggestions. This was such a fun conversation. We got. Really deep in the analysis, we talked about community, we talked about natural rhythms and harvests and seasons, and we had some really great ideas between the three of us. Thank you all for this really cool conversation. We're going to take a brief break, have an announcement, and then we're going to go to our very first uh, and only caller of the day.
1: Thank you, Man. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic ponder practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our caller is Phyllis, calling from area code 814. Phyllis, are you there?
3: Yes, can you hear me?
1: Yes, fantastic. And you indicated that you have had no other readings on this particular situation. Is that correct? Right. Okay, and she writes, I would like to know if I have any spiritual gifts. Would I be a good tarot reader or root worker? If yes, what are my strengths and weaknesses? Turning it over to you, Conjureman.
0: Thank you for that, Reverend Jane. So, uh, if we're all agreed, I'm going to do the first reading here, and then we're going to have John St. Germain come in and give us our second reading. And then the wonderful Reverend Art will give us some root work recommendations at the end. So, Phyllis, I'm going to do your first reading. Let me ask you a couple of brief questions. First, what sign of the zodiac are you? I'm a Gemini. You're a Gemini, okay. And mm-hmm. uh, roughly how old are you?
3: Uh, 40
0: you're just turned 40 okay so there's a um, there are some important things there first uh, as being a Gemini Right off the bat, we can say that uh, the Geminis often have uh, multiple, multiple specialities and, and gifts uh, and they generally will blend so I wouldn't be surprised if that shows up very strongly in your uh, reading year. Uh, the other is that as a Gemini, you are going to be experiencing Mercury retrograde quite strongly. Uh, I would also not be surprised if in this particular year, we, in the four. Year in, in astrology, uh, you generally will receive some type of gift. So keep bear that in mind uh, that that you might experience not just like a spiritual gift, but some type of physical gift might be given to you. And when you receive that physical gift, I would be it might be something like oh someone gave you a crystal ball or they gifted you a tarot and they gave you something. And that becomes part of your divination practice. So I just want to signpost that that that's a common experience in the 40th year astrologically. for so Geminis is the receiving of some type of gift, like a physical object. So b- b- keep your eye out throughout the year. Someone might give you something. Maybe someone gives you a shell or someone gives you, you know, a stone or something. They give you something, and that physical object, that gift that they give you will be incorporated in the spiritual work that you've done. So I'm going to – I pulled some cards here to see – Do you have any gifts? Can you do reading and root work here? The very first card that we have is the King of Wands. The King of Wands tells us that some type of mentor is likely required here. Uh, someone who will guide you, who they themselves are incredibly powerful and skilled, but also who has a deep, practical knowledge of magic and divination. This should be a person who isn't just a theoretician, but this is a person who has experience. They have mastered what we call the letter of the law of magic. So, look for someone who has that type of expertise who is slightly older than you, uh, who is likely a fire sign themselves, uh, or they will have some type of fire connection or connections with salamanders or lizards. that might be a pet that they have it may have be an image that they keep in their office or in their house, or it may even be their last name or or something about them, or maybe it's something that they wear. But bear that in mind, that that will be the sign of this person, and it will be an omen that this is the teacher for you. You will require this, this person will be required in order to develop your skills and your abilities. They will guide you through the technical aspect of magic and divination. They will teach you, for example, what it means to scry and so forth. You do have the ability, which is seen in the next card, the page of cups, but the ability Requires development. The page uh-huh. is a young individual standing with a goblet in their hand, and out of the goblet comes a fish, and the fish is speaking to this young page. This is an indication that you have the ability to commune with spirit. I would not be surprised if you develop the skills for mediumship, you develop the skills for uh, scrying, and that some form of water is required for divination. I would recommend that any type of retirement you do reading, whether you do tarot reading or any other type of reading, you keep a wall, a cup of water on the table, and that will help to fine-tune your psychic abilities, your intuitive abilities. Uh, I highly recommend that. Also, keep a cup of water next to your bedside. Cousin Joshua can talk about. I mean, uh, uh, Reverend Art can talk about this a little bit further uh, when he gives his root work recommendation. So a cup of water when you're doing your divination, a cup of water when you're sleeping. This will help to filter and, and cultivate your psychic ability. You do have natural intuitive abilities here, but they are still requiring some development. They're a little bit early in the stages. You're going to face some overwhelming. There's going to be multiple different paths that come your way, and that is the Seven of Cups, which is the next one. That is, it. the path will open up, and you're going to see yourself kind of go, well, I have all these different options. Here we see an individual looking up onto the clouds, and on this cloud, there are these different goblets, and some of them have beautiful gems, and some have palaces, and some have angels, and somehow wreaths of victory. But when you look closer, you can see that one of the cups is poisoned. Another one has a serpent coming out of it and yet another has a monster. And so there are these false starts and false directions. You may feel yourself slightly overwhelmed by all the different practices that are out there. You may be wondering, should I do hoodoo? Should I do this? So it is important for you to ground yourself in something practical, and that is likely going to be your own cultural tradition. So try to find out what your ancestors did, what your cultural practices are. Find yourself a good foundation, a good solid base from which you can build and develop from, so that you don't end up getting lost. Because when we look at the Seven of Cups, there is a central cup that shows a divine, angelic figure, but they are veiled. Discovering that angelic figure that is the connection to spirit is going to be crucial for you. This is why I highly recommend in terms of practice, one, find yourself a mentor, someone who can tell you the secrets of the laws of magic, who can guide you through these steps, to reconnect with your spiritual roots, your cultural roots, the folk traditions of your people. And so you'll have uh, some form of grounding. So it says, typical Gemini, I have a Libra moon choices of. Yeah. So the seven (laughs) of cups really speaks to that Gemini Libra quality of like, oh my God, there are so many things that I can be doing. I can go in this direction. I can go in that direction. And so what we need to do is narrow it down. We need to filter it. The overall answer is yes. If you do have a gift, it's just about finding the right guide to help you filter out the, the 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 wheat from the chaff right to help you go and go okay this stuff is not important this is what's really important and from that you'll build a solid foundation from which you can develop a spiritually fulfilling path So overall a good reading just needs some guidance and some filtering that will be required here at some point you might consider a full-on astrological reading which can go out go even deeper into your magical and spiritual abilities. I'm going to turn this over to John St. Germain, who's going to do the next reading, and then we're going to have uh, Reverend Art come in with your root work.
3: Oh, thanks, yeah. Uh All right. Okay, Phyllis. Uh, I'm reading Lenormand. I have five cards here. I wish I had time to do the grand tableau. Um, all right. In the five cards, uh, the first and the last card, we have the ship and the birds. uh This shows me that you're a traveler. um, Your consciousness can travel around. And uh, the the birds show me you pick up messages. uh, You might enter a room full of people and get um, uh, impressions from all of them. And this can be very distracting at times. It's hard to separate all those messages out if you're in a room full of people and it's very excitable. You may uh, get overwhelmed by the energy. The... uh, uh, The idea is to learn to filter that, you see, and uh, uh, know exactly where it is. If you go into a room where something really bad happened, you know, you may find you get jittery if you're around people who are uh, angry. You may get overwhelmed by it if you're around people who are sad or depressed. You may pick up on that if you're around – basically hang out with a really good class of people, you know, high-energy people. Um, The – the ship and the fox, um, I should give you these in order. There's the ship, the bouquet, the mountain, the fox, and the birds. So we read the ship and the fox. Um, the um, uh, At this point in your life, it might be hard to tell uh, uh, legitimate input from good input. Um, uh, so learning, learning to... Uh, separate that might be the thing to do we have the ship in the bouquet which means that um, being gemini as i am you'll be fascinated by everything to do with divination in the occult and trying to pick out which one you want Maybe difficult one day
2: before me. but
3: but here's the thing you don't really have to and and i'll tell you why um, each one of those can be worked into a universal system you can study tarot, all right, and learn the the system, you know, the system. The thing is, you must be scholarly about it. And then you learn numerology, and you say, okay, I can integrate that into tarot. Then you go out, and this is how Geminis are, right, scholarly. Then you can go out and learn uh, um say you learn uh, divination with dice, you go, oh, well, that fits into numerology and tarot, but you integrate everything into one system so you don't get confused. If you try to learn each one as a separate system, yes, you'll become scattered. So if you do all this, see, I'm I'm giving you advice from my point of view. If you do all this as a a single system and integrate it, you can do it, and then this universal symbol set, if you get my book on... uh, uh, lithomancy, you'll see universal symbol set. Then everything mm. becomes everything becomes a tool of divination. And in lithomancy, I even make a point of this. I have it says in there how to read uh, Valentine candy hearts, just to prove a point. So <laughs> everything does. Everything does. You can. Uh, someone's pocketbook, you say, uh, you give me your pocketbook, you just reach in there and toss the stuff out and you can do a reading because everything becomes a symbol. The entire world, you become a seer. Like in the old days, you become a seer. You study the world. You say, you're not studying tarot. You're not studying uh, flower petal reading. You're not studying uh, numerology. You're studying uh, what is based, all that's based on is the universal symbol. And so if you do that, you'll be okay. That's, I think that's how Geminis have to read. But what interests me is that the ship and the birds show me that you're a traveler so that you can travel to the uh, spirit world, and birds are psychopomps. You know, birds carry messages between the two worlds. So uh, that that's kind of like you. Now, the, the mountain right in the middle, though, shows that there are obstacles between this. Um, there are things that prevent you from um, – uh, using this gift, and what I would probably think, if you're Gemini on Libra, uh, you think too much. Um, you're, you may be like a psychologist trapped inside an engineer's head, uh, You yeah. may tend to overanalyze it. And uh, so that may be an obstacle. Um, you're like, well, why does this work? How does this work? What am I doing? How am I doing what I'm doing about what I'm doing, and how is this working? So getting out of your own way may be the big obstacle. And that requires practice um uh relaxing and letting go um, letting it happen um may be the uh, the big obstacle there so that's pretty much what I see here. I think you have multiple gifts that's what the bouquet is showing um you can study multiple um uh uh, whatever really grabs you, I mean, it'll feel right. You'll go, okay, yeah, that that that's it. Cause see, I don't study, I don't study astrology for instance, but it never interested me. My mom was an astrologist and that doesn't interest me, but there's a lot of other things that I really think is cool because it fits into the, um, uh, uh, the just salt of what I, what I read. And, um, but there are mm. things it's like, I, I couldn't read it to save my life. You know, um, uh, so, uh, but you'll 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 develop an instinct for the things that fit. Um, as far as root work goes, it'll be the same thing. There'll be some uh, root some root that will appeal to you, and others you'll just say that doesn't. I can't speak to the spirit of the root, and you just won't do it. Um, so, um, I mean, there are people that collect every root, every root, every herb, everything. Um, but then there are people uh, who work with ten or twelve. Rock conjuremen, right? Would you say Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah, and and because that those really speak to them. And, uh, uh, so you, you work with what speaks to you and I think you're going to be okay. That's all I have to say.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Reverend John. Uh, We're going to turn this over to Reverend Art. Who's going to do your work recommendations there.
2: All right. Hello, Phyllis. So hello. Kind of gonna gonna take a two pronged approach here. Uh, first, you know we we've heard that the, the 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 skills are there. The 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 behind the scenes is is there. So we're going to work a little bit initially to draw that in for you and bring that you know more more to meld with you. Uh, with these skills, bring you into, into harmony with your skills. And one of the things that I w- I would highly recommend starting with is a spiritual bath. And for myself, I'm, I'm a very, I'm very fond of, uh I have my kiss method, keep it simple for, uh, for doing root work and such. So we're going to go with three herbs. We're going to use, star anise, and that is towards the divination. We're going to use bay. Bay to boost psychism and connection with spirit. But we're going to also throw in eucalyptus because we want to cast off some of this doubt that I'm sensing is very prevalent and has kind of poked its head out um, in the readings that we've had. So, With this, it's very simple. Um, Put your three herbs together and brew this into a tea. You can actually make this a concentrate and and add additional water. But over the course of a week, start it and over the course of seven days, do it one, one moment per day. You can honestly i recommend doing it in the morning to draw in uh these abilities these this uh, pardon me my allergies are really out working on me today
3: i feel brother it's
2: it welcome to the rain um, <laughs> but you know to to draw in the abilities to draw in that that surety that and and lock these in so, you know, if you're not familiar with how to do the bath, you'll take it. You know, make make sure you're not using anything scalding. Um, but you're going to to this is this is primarily a drawing in bath. So we're going to kind of work up, where most times, you know, a lot of times you'll you'll hear recommendations for complete like cut and clear sort of baths where you work your way down this time we're drawing up. So you'll take the tea and you'll just work your way up your body, bring this in as you're and and just concentrate on, you know, drawing in these abilities, making those connections and slowly, but surely over the course of those seven days, you know, you'll start to experience, uh, the, the results, uh, Secondly, and again, I, I'm in my KISS method, I'm very much a use as much of the uh, uh, herbs, items, and such as you have and get the best use of them.
0: Mm-hmm. We've this already charged these fan. herbs.
2: We've already put these herbs to task. You can also let them dry. We're going to take and do a little moving candle spell with, and all you'll need two chime candles or a white if you don't have purple to signify these skills, these psychic abilities, these, the the, the magical abilities. And you, if you only have white, you can use a white to signify yourself as well. Um, but you're going to dress the candle with the dry herbs. The purple candle. Press your candle with the dried herbs. Light both candles and slowly over the course of, you know, three, four hours, just simply move them together and connect yourself
0: to your skills. And that's it. That is that is great. Thank you for that, Reverend R and thank you, Phyllis, for entrusting us with your situation. Uh we wish you all the best and success on your spiritual path. We're gonna be taking a brief break for some announcements and then we're gonna come back with the free spell.
4: LMC. <laughs> You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contriman. Sundays, 3 to 4.30. Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James. Mondays, 4 to 5.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain in syndication Tuesdays. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Deborah Voigt Tuesdays 4 to 5. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay in syndication Thursdays. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California and online at luckymojo.com.
1: And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, John St. Germain of JohnSaintGermain.com in Knoxville, Tennessee. Take it away, John.
3: Oh, uh, well, thank you, Reverend James. Well, we're uh, we're going to uh, make a wish. <clears throat> and uh, I actually came up with this for a client of mine who uh, really needed to make a wish. So, But basically, you'll uh, get you a piece of paper. Or uh, what I'd like to do is get a very small paper bag. Um, and you'll write your wishes on small pieces of paper and you'll put them in this small paper bag and you'll anoint it with attraction oil in a five-spot pattern and um you burn it uh keep the ashes so you do this over a saucer right and then you'll mix these ashes with kosher salt and if you want to get fancy that kosher salt can be mixed with hustle um so you make a little pile of this Salt and ash mixture on your plate, and you stick a white candle in it. A small chime candle is fine. And you anoint the candle once again with attraction oil. when you dress the candle, you pull it toward yourself, and you say, "Well, maybe, maybe my wish be granted." Now, of course, these wishes are not, you know, for a million dollars. Go out ahead if you want to, but you know, uh, but for whatever nice thing you want in your life, you know, the job promotion or. Uh, For various problems to go away and you burn the candle and while the candle burns you're visualizing uh, this prayer uh, visualizing and meditation is very important while you're doing these sort of things and you let it burn Uh, then you bundle all the remains including all the salt and ash and brown paper and you bury it near your front door and then you leave it alone, you walk away from it and your wish will come true. very simple
0: mm, i love that these sort of uh granting spells are, are so fantastic uh and they're really great for for particularly this um the season that we, we, we talked about. And they're a really traditional, old school. I mean, today we talk about sort of conditions and love drawing spells and money drawing spells and protection spells and quirky spells and so on and so forth. But there, there's a lot of really old traditional work that's just about general blessings or about granting wishes. Uh, the, the old tonka bean spells, for example. Uh, fish eyes. These traditions uh, go back They're the part and parcel of the Hoodoo tradition, the idea of granting wishes for a person. Um, So I love this. I think it's particularly great. And I love the use of attraction uh, oil here. I I will say um, attraction oil is probably one of the most, okay, after Van Van, it's probably one of the most underrated oils in our repertoire. Yeah, oh, attraction and van, you can move mountains with this oil. Yeah, a little bit of van van oil and a little bit of, of attraction oil can absolutely move mountains. Uh, it's one of those oils that people, because everyone goes, they all go to love me oil or come to me oil, all these different oils, but attraction covers it all. If you want money, you can use attraction oil. If you want love, you can use attraction oil. If you want a job, you can use attraction oil. There's a alternative uh, to attraction oil that emerged roughly around the the early and mid-20th century called magnetic oil. That's roughly the same thing with a little bit more emphasis on lodestones and grits and whatnot. But attraction oil is old school and really, really great. It's one of those formulas that I tell people, like, if I ever had to tell people, like, there's a set of oils that every root worker should have, attraction oil is number one. You, you have yeah. to have attraction oil. And then number two is van van oil. You can do so much with the two of them, whether it's attracting new things or in this case, the granting of, of wishes. Uh, what, what, What? any thoughts do you have? Um, do you have any thoughts for, for an art? Uh, let's try to get a full sentence there. Do you have any thoughts about this uh, uh, wish-granting spell webinar? Oh, you know, for nope, me I, Art? my
2: go Oh, there
0: we
2: go. No R- Reverend Art needs to learn how to use his mute button better. You know, <laughs> uh, a lot of, a lot of it for me, you know, I I am very much a very big fan of the moving candle spells in conde- mm-hmm. in connection with the various condition oils. I do like to, you know, we Reverend James and I we have very elaborate moving candle spells. Um, depending on the situation, we have our our mm-hmm. very simple candle spells, you know, for clients to to work alongside with us, um, you know, using things like Van Van or Von Von mm-hmm. first night, sure, uh, yeah. the magnetic oil, you know, really to bring these things in, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the it, the the strength of that intention right. is just it's it, it's amazing um yeah and when you when you combine that with something like a moving candle spell where you're putting more of your energy actually into the work and really taking that hands-on approach to it's like mm-hmm. a one
0: two punch yeah, 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 and I do want to mention here that that uh, John's use of salt is fantastic. Um, uh, a lot of people think of salt as only a protective or only to drive people away, and certainly that, those are really important. But salt is another, like, just like attraction oil. Salt is one of those all purpose ingredients. Salt can be used to draw, salt can be used to protect, and salt can be used to drive away because we're, in hoodoo, there's this belief that salt will do whatever you tell it to do. It holds prayer. So in this instance, the use of salt with that hyssop and the burning of the ash and burning of the candle, that is using that salt to hold the prayer, to keep that prayer with you. So it's a really fantastic traditional way of working. Thank you, John, for bringing this. It's a really fun and interesting free spell. Um, We have had a fantastic fantastic and and exciting show for you today. Uh, John has brought us a really cool topic on the Midsummer Spells and the transition to the Autumnal Equinox, and he's topped it off with this really cool and fantastic free spell. Uh, we are going to have our wonderful announcer, Reverend James, come in and give us our final announcements, and then we're going to come back and say goodbye. But I do want to say this was a really fun and exciting show. I really had a fun time hanging out with Reverend Art and John St. Germain and just chatting amongst us is very dude-heavy episode, just us <laughs> guys. But we had a really fun and fruitful conversation. Uh, so let's have Reverend Jane give us our, our, our outro, and then we'll come back and take some final words.
1: Thank you, Conjurman, and special guest co-host, Reverend Art. And thank you, John St. Germain of johnstgermain.com in Knoxville, Tennessee, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest will be Troll Towelhead of satanservice.org, bringing us an Oracle Hour tutorial on Locomancy. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Ms. Kat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com, Conjure Man at conjuremansconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California, and Reverend Art at folkconjure.com in Western North Carolina. I'm your announcer, Reverend James, joining you from FolkConjure.com in North Carolina. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available and archived via LuckyMojo.com forward slash radioshow.html. From all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at this same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank Bye. you very much,
0: Reverend James, for that uh, wonderful outro and being our stalwart guide through this show. Uh, next week, we will have the wonderful Miss Cat back, so we're very much looking forward to return. I have no idea what Locomancy is about, so I'm very excited to learn from that Oracle Hour. Me neither. Uh, I love I love <laughs> these Oracle Hours because sometimes I get to showcase my expertise, but other times I get to be a student and just learn. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Thank you again for all the wonderful people who joined us in the chat, to Cousin Joshua, to Hey Magdana, to to Reverend Art and Reverend James who are hanging out with us, to Ty Gav, Tony I, all the wonderful people who are hanging out. Uh, You are all amazing and you make this show what it is. And, of course, thank you to Reverend John St. Germain and to Reverend Art. Be sure to check out his fantastic book on Lithomancy. Have a great weekend and a great week. See you all next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Good night. Good night Good everyone.
3: Time. Good